Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen, we are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. This is Megan Patterson and Megan Patterson. I'm all by my lonesome this episode for episode number 89. I hope I sound okay, you guys. I'm actually recording this from my hotel in Brooklyn. I came out to New York for some business and I, things have been crazy lately. As you guys all know, we missed last week's episode because even the baddest bitches just need a break. And Aaron and I have been super busy lately and prioritizing is a huge part of our life and kind of ranking things in order of importance. And unfortunately, the podcast was kind of on the lower rank as far as priorities. Um, you know, first things first, we need sleep, we need to eat, we need to exercise, we need to take care of our loved ones. So Aaron couldn't join us on this episode, but I'm doing it from my beautiful hotel. I'm actually looking out right now at the Brooklyn Bowl from this beautiful exposed brick hotel room. It's been really great. I love New York. I don't know about you guys. I could never live here personally. It's a little too intense for me. Also, I would not want to be caught on the subway in like a waterfall, but it's great to visit. I love New York. So anyways, for today's topic, I wanted to take this solo episode to talk about something that's been pretty relevant in my life lately, and we're going to talk about fear today. And this episode is not meant to ignite fear in your life or kind of cause any sort of stirring feelings of fear. It's actually quite the opposite. What I want to talk about today are kind of like my tips and tricks on how to walk through fear, how to tell fear to fuck off really, because it does nothing to improve your life whatsoever, living in a state of fear. So I just kind of wanted to share with you guys some of the things that have really helped me in getting through scary moments that have actually opened up my life and unlocked things to a world that I never thought could be possible or imaginable. So um, the thing about fear, I don't know if you guys have heard this acronym before. So F-E-A-R, fuck everything and run. Do you do that ever when you're in fear? Uh, Maybe you're in fear in a relationship. Perhaps you're dating somebody new and things are going really well. And when things go really well, you get scared because you're not used to it or you're afraid the other shoe is going to drop. That's a very common fear. And so you just either disappear or you think it's too good to be true and you think things are going to uh, go awry. So you just leave or you sabotage it or you ruin it. That is a very common way that fear can ruin things that are going well in our life. You know, what I've tried to do when fear has really overwhelmed me, uh, when the fear makes it feel like I have an elephant on my chest, when fear paralyzes me to the point where I can't do anything except like stare at the ceiling or what I tend to do is like completely distract myself with something else like eating gross food, (laughs) eating, you know, a lot of sugar, uh, just the easier way to escape these feelings of fear. But there are actually some very healthy, positive ways to fight through the fear so that the fear diminishes and it's not as intense and it's not as overpowering. So 
I wanted to go through about like eight of my tips and tricks for you guys. So first thing first, sometimes it's, it's really impossible to think clearly when you are flooded with fear or anxiety. Have you ever been in a place where all you can think of is about the scary thing, something that's going to go wrong? You know, somebody will be talking to you and you're like, what? Like completely distracted. So fear is actually really corrosive because it not only like gives you a physical reaction, like heart palpitations and sweats and things like that, or your stomach hurts, but it distracts you from doing work. It takes away from the action in your life. So the first thing you got to do is take the time out so you can physically calm down. And sometimes when you, when you're having your Jesse Spano moment and you're like, I can't, I don't have time. You do have time. You have 10 minutes. You're on TikTok for like three hours every night. So if you could spend that much time scrolling on the internet, you can take 10 minutes out to really do some breathing or to do some meditation. So distract yourself from the worry for about 15 minutes, I would say, by either taking a walk around the block, making coffee. That's my favorite thing. My favorite pastime is to enjoy a delicious cup of coffee. Sometimes I do it at like 5 p.m., <laughs> which is probably not the best idea, but honestly, coffee brings so much joy to my life. It's a small price to pay if I, you know, stay up all night, but that's a whole other topic or have a bath or take a shower. I've been known when I'm feeling really anxious to take like three showers a day. <laughs> the important thing though is to moisturize after that, because if you're like me and you like to take really warm showers, you got to hydrate afterwards because you don't want to dry your skin out. So give yourself the time and the grace to just take a little break. Because what I found in my experience is that when you take 10, 15 minutes, which you think, oh, I don't have, you do have it, that actually can save you a lot of anxiety in the future. Because when you're going 100 miles an hour, you're, you feel like things are getting going faster, you're getting more worried. The 10 minutes can kind of give you the opportunity for a source of inspiration. So what I like to do when I'm walking, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast like my own. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I hope you guys, if you're listening to this on a walk, good for you. Um, but sometimes I like to purposely not listen to anything while I'm going on a walk because I find that ideas come into my head. You know, I ask for clarity. I ask the universe, higher power, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, the man on the moon. When you give yourself some depth or some breath and some space to seek inspiration, it kind of comes, especially when you're like looking at the leaves and looking at the sidewalk or anything like that. So give yourself some time to really calm down from the fear. Another thing that I suggest is breathing, breath work. It's very popular. It's kind of like the last thing we think of because we do it automatically all day long. Our bodies breathe. But if you start to notice your heart is beating really fast, like you're having maybe like sweating palms, don't fight it. You know, there's no way to tell your brain like, stop beating so quickly heart or stop sweating my palms. And by the way, if you have very um, chronic sweaty palms, you might suffer from hyperhidrosis and Aaron or any of the PAs at the treatment can actually inject your hands with either Botox or Dysport at a, um, a very superficial level. So what that does is it stops the sweating in your palms. You could also do it in your armpits. You could do it in your groin area. You could do it on the bottoms of your feet. It lasts about six months or so. It costs around $900 because you have to use a lot of Botox. But if you have really sweaty hands, you have hyperhidrosis, chronic hyperhidrosis, and that could be fixed. But say you just have these random moments where your heart is, feels like it's about to blow, like explode out of your chest and your palms are sweating. Don't fight it. Just stay where you are. Simply feel the panic without trying to distract yourself. So place the palm of your hand on your stomach. And I also do on my heart as well and just breathe really slowly. So what I try to do is give myself 10 deep breaths at three seconds each. So what you do is breathe. I can't, I feel like I can't even breathe that deeply. You got to sit up straight. So breathe one, two, three. 
and then hold it for a second and breathe one, two, three out. Do that for 10 times. So you'll slowly notice that your heartbeat starts to slow down. Okay. Uh, that's the crazy thing about fear. I think that anxiety is another name of fear. And so when you physically start to calm yourself down, that's how you can kind of start to take some action. Because when you're spiraling out of control into fear, you can't do shit. You're like paralyzed. You're incapable. This is probably my favorite tip or trick is face your fears. That is bad bitch energy is to face it head on. Okay. So because for me, avoiding fears only makes them scarier. Avoiding that awkward conversation with a boss or with Aaron Jensen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm over that. In the beginning, I was afraid to talk to my sister. Now I'll be like, Aaron, sit down. We got to chat. Um, because I have walked through that fear. When I was afraid of having like a challenging conversation with my sister or something that I was afraid would make her mad, walking through that was evidence and proof that I can survive a scary conversation or I can survive the possibility of somebody being mad at me and I'm not going to die. So the more I did these things, the more I faced my fears, the easier it was for me to get through them. So whatever you fear, if you start to face it, it's going to start to fade. And if you panic one day getting into, let's say if you panic into going into like a new dance class, or if you panic about like going to school and not knowing anything, or, or if you panic your first day of work, you walk through it, you do your best, you remind yourself that you're capable and nothing's going to happen if you completely flop. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was doing Orange Theory in the beginning, I was so afraid of not performing properly as if any of the OTF coaches give a shit. They don't. They're just like, do your thing. They might offer a suggestion on my lift or my posture, but really like sometimes just getting through an event, like getting through a work day or getting through a social event or getting through a workout, if that's the best you can do, then great. You did it, you know? And then the next day, maybe you can try a little harder. Maybe you could try lifting a heavier weight, or maybe you can try walking faster, things like that. And once you get doing that enough, the fear no longer holds you back. The next tip I have to offer is look at the evidence. So sometimes it helps to challenge fearful thoughts. For example, if you are afraid of like getting trapped in an elevator or something and suffocating, ask yourself if you have ever heard of anybody like suffocating in an elevator. Ask your friends, ask the internet, ask your family and ask yourself, what would you say to that? What, what would you say to a friend who brought that to you? That was like, I can't be in an elevator. Or I'm afraid of suffocating or dying. What would you offer to that friend? Like kind of separate yourself from that fear and the perspective can be very refreshing. So what I like to do, I do what's called a fears list. So when I feel like my fears are consuming me and I am paralyzed, what I do is I get out a piece of paper, I get out my journal and I write out my fear. Uh, for example, my latest fear, what has been, gosh, I, I've been working this, this type of exercise so hard. I can't even think of a fear I had. Um, Oh, like for instance, like I'm afraid that I am going to die alone with cats and be the crazy cat lady auntie who will never find love. That's a very viable fear that a lot of people I think experience. So my response to that, my action to that is what would I tell a friend who's experiencing that? I would say, friend, that's probably not going to happen. And if it does, if you die alone without a partner, is it going to be the end of the world? Can we look at what you do have? You have a roof over your head. You have clean water. You have clean clothes. You have clothes. You have loving friends and family. You have friends and family that adore you. You have rich relationships with your coworkers. You know, you have a spiritual connection. 
um, having a partner, a lifetime partner would be a great cherry on top, but you're pretty good right now. So how about you just like trust in the universe's process and this idea of being alone forever, it's probably not going to happen, but if it does, it's not the end of the world. There are a lot of people who are worse off or the other thing that I like to tell myself is there are a lot of people who are in partnerships that are miserable. So rather than seeking this, you know, I have to have a partner because I'm afraid of being alone or I'm afraid of being not lovable or whatever. It's actually more like just trust the process and continue to work on yourself so that you, be, you can become the best version of yourself that could bring to the table a great partnership. And when you focus on like, what could I be doing in my day-to-day life that makes me a great viable partner, then the partner's gonna come. And so that's my answer to the fear. So you might have a fear that says, I'm afraid I'm gonna, this was actually a very legitimate fear of mine. I remember distinctly, I'm afraid I'm going to fail this accounting class. And guess what? I failed the accounting class. (laughs) My fear came true, but I did not die. I still graduated college. And it was all good. I did have a moment in the bushes outside of the business building at my university where I completely collapsed into tears and started hyperventilating and crying because I thought my life was over. I thought this was a reflection of me as a bad person that I could not get my act together. When the truth is, I failed that accounting class because two weeks prior, I got hit by a car and broke my arm. So that leads to my next topic, perfectionism. Perfectionism is setting yourself up for failure and failure is a deep fear of a lot of people. So there is definitely, um, it's definitely good to have a desire to do your best. And you know, the thing about perfection though, is that it doesn't exist. Unfortunately, it's a fantasy. Perfection is not possible. We can do our best and we can deliver as best as possible, but absolute perfection hundred percent of the time is just not possible. We are not saints. Um, so you know, when we try to be full, uh, you know, when we try to be perfect in a life full of stresses, bad days and setbacks are always going to happen. It's really important to understand that life is messy and we have to lighten up on ourselves. Sometimes we can beat ourselves up so much and so harshly about it's not good enough. It's not this, that, or the other. The only thing you really have to set yourself to is have you done your best? Did you do your best considering your factors? Some of you have children. Some of you have very stressful jobs. Some of you have sick parents that you're taking care of. Or some of you have pets that are geriatric and you know have to wear diapers. And so you have a, a pet that's kind of like a child. When these things happen and you're expected to like cook a whole 30 meal and like kill it at work and also get your workout in and get eight hours of sleep and do a face mask and bleach your teeth and all that shit, it's, it can be very overwhelming. And so when you don't do it, you beat yourself up and say, you're not perfect. You, you could have done better. This is the, okay. You know, like perfectionism is a, is a, is something that, you know, a lot of us strive for, but in the past couple of years, actually like the past year, especially with the pandemic, perfectionism is something that does not exist. It's a fantasy. I'm going to try my best. And usually when I try my best and I let go of beating myself up, I actually do better than when I'm trying to strive for perfection. So what's been really helpful for me is I bought this habit journal. It's really cool. And I created 10 lines that I try to do every day as a habit. And then each day I check it off. There's something very powerful about checking off your to-do list. So it could be daily. What I do is like prayer, meditation, journaling. I try to eat at least um, 20 ounces of vegetables a day. I recently changed that because eating 20 ounces of vegetables a day, I actually weigh and measure it. 
my jaw started to hurt. <laughs> so I needed more Botox and my masseters. But I also try to eat, drink at least 100 ounces of water. I try to have physical activity, whether it's a workout or an hour-long walk. Because sometimes OTF workouts don't match my schedule. So I try to get around the block and listen to a cool podcast and just walk for an hour. And I don't have to break a sweat. I don't even have to put on a full-on workout gear. It's just getting movement going. And when I hit, you know, maybe 5 out of 10, that's good. When I hit 8 out of 10, when I do 10 out of 10, hitting all my my habits, I feel really great. Um, but the days I don't, I don't feel any less of a person. I don't feel, feel any less valuable or any less useful. It's just something that I strive for. So don't always try to be perfect. The other thing I like to do is visualize a happy place. So going back to giving yourself some time to kind of like take a breather, take a break, I do this visualization, guided visual, visualization, and it's only nine minutes. And the it's it's pretty much a meditation where it says, Think of yourself in a place that brings you joy. So whether it is your favorite garden, uh, whether it's by the beach, it could be outer space. It could be a bedroom. It could be a bedroom in your dream house where you have your dream sheepskin rug with your dream custom sofa with your dream floor to ceiling windows or your dream exposed brick. I mean, doesn't that sound amazing? Vision yourself, envision yourself in that space. Envision yourself with your favorite cup of coffee. Like the power of visualization is game changing. And not only think about the textures, the smells, the tastes in your happy place, but what are you feeling in that happy place? It's called feeling states. So are you feeling joyful? Are you feeling relaxed? Are you feeling purposeful? Are you feeling hopeful? Are you feeling excited? What does that feel like in your visualization? So what is it, what does excitement feel like to you? Like that, that really tingly feeling or just stress-free? Have you ever had a moment where you were completely serene? Do you remember what that felt like? You cannot put a price tag on serenity. So what I like to do is transport myself to these nine minute little visualizations. It doesn't take any time out of my day and it actually refreshes me and gets me prepped to look at the action that needs to be taken to face my fears. Also, I like to do these visualizations when I'm facing something that I'm very afraid of, say it's like a performance or a speech or some sort of really kind of like anxiety inducing um, ceremony. I visualize me crushing the ceremony. I visualize me DJing a ridiculous set where everyone's dancing and loving me and having the best time of their life. And I visualize getting a fat check. I visualize getting in my Uber. I visualize getting home to my bed safely and thanking the universe for another great day. So I like to kind of play the tape out, they call it, and visualize my scary event already going off without a hitch. And I, and I kind of create this visual in my mind. So another tip is talk about your fear. What I, what I like to call that is like diminishing or kind of popping the bubble. Because when we keep the fear inside of us, we, it kind of festers. And our own negative hater brain says, yeah, it's going to be awful. You're going to fuck it up. You're going to bomb. And when you share it with somebody like a supportive friend or a therapist, I have a great therapist recommendation. Her name is Kaylin Diaz. She's been a guest on our program before. She is a licensed therapist and she can actually do Zoom calls with you if you live in the state of California. She's also a mindset coach if you live outside of California. But sharing it with somebody where a safe person, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be careful. You might share it with somebody and it kind of exasperates your fear and you're like, oh my God, I shouldn't have told them. So you got to choose wisely. But Find a safe friend or even better, a therapist where you can bring these fears to and they can offer solution or just remind you that it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's easier for them to say like, oh yeah, don't worry about, you know, presenting your thesis in front of 2,500 people. It's not a big deal. It's easy to say that when you're not the person, you know, presenting, 
but really they are on your side and they want to support you and remind you that it's going to be okay. So you could, you know, try cognitive behavioral therapy. EMDR is a, a is a, a, a way of therapy that really has helped me dissipate fears. It's actually, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's a process where I walk through old fears with a licensed professional, listening to these beeping headphones and having these buzzing things in my hands. And we walk through the old fears and we play out the tape and we talk about like, what can we do to get through these old fear memories? And if that happens today in my life, how do I not let it spiral me out of control or get into a deep state of depression or binge eat? Because that's what, that's how I react to fear is I either get paralyzed. I binge eat on sugar thinking that's going to help me when really I just have headaches and I'm super thirsty and I get heartburn. So there are coping mechanisms and going to a professional is really going to help. But sometimes you have a really trusted friend. Maybe it's like a very calming sister or cousin or just a wise friend or perhaps your parents that can help you remind you that it's going to be okay and that you are a resilient ass person. That's a lot of things I think we forget is that the proof is in the pudding, baby. You have gotten through scary moments before. You have graduated from things before. You have gone on scary dates. You have done all these things and you haven't died yet. So you're probably not going to die again. You know, if you go on this first date or something like that. And also it's like, you just got to barrel through it. You just have to face your fears, baby. And you will have the experience of like, I got through that. And what I call that is you get another notch in the big girl belt. So every time you have a scary conversation with your boss where you ask for a raise and they might be like, hell no, you're not getting a raise. That's great information. You can accept that information or you can start looking for another job because guess what? Money is really important to you. Having financial security is a big deal for you or you see your worth and your value. And you're like, I know what I'm good for. And then you can take that fear and use it for fuel. So if you're afraid of being stuck in a dead end job for the rest of your life, you hate this job, you hate your coworkers, you hate your boss. Nobody's keeping you there. Nobody's forcing you to stay there. So you got to face your fear and judge up your resume. You got to tighten that shit up. You maybe have to pay for somebody to help you review your resume. You have to look through your Rolodex and say, Hey friends, Hey family, I'm in the, I'm in the, the job market. You know, I'm looking for some new opportunities. Can you keep, please think of me. Those are the actions you need to take when fear is taking over your life. Take some action. We don't sit and complain and say, well, what was me? Pity, self-pity. Uh. No, that's not bad bitch behavior. The type of energy that Aaron and I have is what's the action that's going to be taken. Of course you can vent to a friend, but what I like to do is I vent to a friend. I actually vent to my mentor and I say, this is what I'm going to do. This is the action I'm going to take because the results are in the action. We cannot think our way into a better job. We cannot think our way into a better body. We cannot think our way into a better relationship. We have to take the action. And the action is where the results come from. That's the transformation. So my mentor kind of has this rule. Sometimes in the past, I would reach out to her and complain to her about like a dude I was dating and how, oh, I'm so frustrated. He hasn't called me back. He hasn't replied to my text messages, whatever. After like the third voicemail of me calling her, she'd be like, we're done. Like, stop that. You get, you, you get, you only have so much time complaining on my voicemail before we start doing some stuff. We need to take action. So what is the action you can take? Sometimes the action though as well is letting go. Sometimes we cannot force people to do certain things to relieve our fear. And that is action. Sometimes action is doing nothing, which is crazy. Sometimes action is letting go of expectations of how others should act. Sometimes action is just relaxing and taking it easy. Ooh, because sometimes we're in fear and anxiety because something hasn't happened. 
So we're like pacing, we're wondering, when is it going to happen? I have to will it into existence. No, sometimes the action is just taking a walk, calling a friend, treating yourself to something nice, treating yourself to a beautiful experience. And then while that is happening, the something you're waiting for comes. The email pops in your inbox. The phone call comes. I can't even tell you how many times I've said, I'm going to go for a walk for an hour. I'm going to put my phone on silent because I cannot wait. I'm so anxious about this result from whatever, a test or, or a contract. And then guess what? It comes back. And it's like, universe, you are crazy. Higher power, you are. You have a crazy sense of humor. You know, my relationship with my higher source is, you know, you can call it God, Allah, Buddha, you know, Aunt Jemima, man on the moon, whatever you want to call that, your grandma, your angel, your spirit guide. For me, my, you know, like the, I find re relief through action that is guided to me from this source that I give room to talk to me through with space and meditation and walks. So reward yourself. This is the final thing, you guys. Give yourself a treat. Give yourself a treat when you have made that call that you were dreading, when you had that meeting with your boss, when you told that dude you were done, or, you know, when you told that guy, hey, I want to be a girlfriend, and he's fucking around on you dating all these other chicks. I had the most liberating conversation recently. I was dating a guy, and he was kind of hot and cold with me, and I was feeling very frustrated. I felt kind of like I wouldn't hear from him until a week later, but he would still look at my Instagram stories. It was super strange. And, and I was just afraid to kind of set dates. And I was afraid of being overbearing until finally I said, what are we doing here? I honestly asked the universe for some strength for the right words to come out of my mouth. And I, and I said to the guy, I said, take away my fear universe. And I said to the guy, what are we doing here? What's going on? What are you looking for? And I was afraid, oh, he's going to think I'm overbearing. He's going to think I'm a bitch. He's going to think I'm controlling. He's not going to think I'm the chill girl. No, you should have seen his reaction. He was like relieved that a woman of grace and integrity and dignity had the guts to say, this is important to me. My time and energy is very important to me. So I want to know how we're interacting with that, how I'm giving you my time and energy. And he revealed to me that he was dating multiple women. And I said, okay. I'm not dating multiple guys and I want to date one guy only. So it sounds like we're not aligned. It sounds like we're not on the same page. So I think we should stop seeing each other. And he was bummed and his shoulders slouched. And he said, but you know, I just having dinner with you tonight just reminded me of how cool you are and how amazing you are and you know, how, how well it would be to, for us to travel together. And I just, and I was, I responded to him. I said, I know, right? <laughs> I'm kind of the shit. Like, <laughs> you're right. And, um, and I'm looking for, and I, and I thank you for acknowledging that. And I'm looking for one person to focus on me because I want to focus on one person only. And I felt like a 200 pound weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I was so liberated. We said goodbye. We didn't, we didn't go out ever again. The universe has a funny sense of humor though, because I did run into him twice looking smoking hot. And it was just awesome to watch him drool. But, you know, I had a very lightened, air about me. When I see him, I wasn't jealous. I wasn't concerned that he was with another girl. I wasn't jealous of the fact that he was like canoodling with this new chick. I wasn't. I felt light. I felt universe had guided me to that conversation because I kept tapping into that universe, that spirit source. I was like, reveal more to me. Reveal more to me, higher power. Let me know what I should be doing. And higher power put those words into my mouth because I gave it space. And I felt like relieved. I felt totally self-respected. My self-worth rocketed. I felt like a bad bitch. 
Like I, pre- I ended a relationship with a guy and I, and I didn't yearn for him. I didn't wonder what if, I didn't think, maybe I should just have sex with him. Maybe that will seal the deal. No, the man wasn't ready and I was facing my fear of having an awkward conversation and the results were tremendous. So when you do the same thing, when you have that really powerful conversa- or conversation or whatever you do when you face your fear, reward yourself, baby, go get a facial. Come to the treatment, order a mint mask if you don't live in in California because you did it and you should be proud of yourself. So I hope you guys took something away from this very special solo Megan episode of how to face fear, tell it to fuck off, sorry for the explicatives, but that's really what you gotta do. You gotta come with that energy of being like, fuck off fear, not today, I got shit to do, I gotta secure the bag and there's nothing that's gonna get in the way of that. And fear is a very natural state of feeling, but when it affects you to the point where you can't take action, That's when things have to change. So until next time, everybody, love you. Talk to you later. Have a good one.